It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Ah, yes. The state of California. Beautiful state. Absolutely beautiful. Love going there. Always look forward to my annual uh, Halloween party in Northern California. Get friends and Michael Reagan's down there in Southern California. Always fun to go over to Marine Corps Recruit Depot. Uh, Command Museum's great there. They have a great collection of weapons of the Corps throughout the years. And maybe just hanging out, hanging out in the mountains and the beach or walking in Muir Woods in the Central Valley. Been there to speak at Constitution Week uh, in Fresno and uh, at Reedley College. So many parts of that state that I have great memories of. The Carmel Mountains along Flint, uh, La Cañada, Flint Ridge, right there. I mean, it just, it just I look, I, I think of that state and I think of all the good things. And then when it comes to politics and news and issues and what we do on this show. That changes remarkably. Let's take a look at the California governor with the help of the California GOP chair uh, who joins me now, uh, Jessica Patterson. Jessica, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, David. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Look, I I know we're here to start. And obviously, uh, you know, questions that you've been asking on behalf of California students and more about Governor Newsom, uh, who survived his recall, uh, but going to accept an award in D.C. uh, for California's investments, transformative investments, as they put it, in education. Uh, Is that the case? It's absolutely ludicrous to me. You know, usually when I'm talking about our governor and California Democrats as a whole, I'm talking about our gas prices. As you know, we have the highest in the nation. Uh, But today I get to talk to you about gaslighting. I can't think of something more ridiculous than Gavin Newsom receiving an award for education. At the end of the day, results matter. And we've seen what the results have been here in California. For the first time in 20 years, our enrollment has fallen below 6 million students. We have our numbers from our education department, Gavin Newsom's own education department. Less than 50% of our students are performing at grade level when it comes to reading. Less than a third are performing at grade level when it comes to math and science. Gavin Newsom has gotten an F when it comes to education. So what's changed there? And while there's a small shift with uh homeschooling and different forms of uh, hybrid learning. There's been even in California uh, a shift in the school choice movement and more success with uh, charters and magnets. Uh, what's, what's on the ground there? What's, what's happened? Well, we've seen a lot of people leave our state as a whole. You talk about all of the beautiful parts of our state, and I love our state. I'm born and raised here, and that's why I continue to stay and fight. But more and more Californians are leaving our state and moving to red states. We saw that with this last census. We were, for the first time in our state's history, we lost a congressional seat. Well, a seat. Well, states like Florida and Texas and Idaho picked up seats. These are because the policies here in California are making it very, very different, difficult for working Californians to be successful and live comfortably in our state. So, solution. 
Uh, we'll, we'll, that, of course, is going to bring us into the politics in many ways in California. But solution from this perspective, uh, he's got the award that's passed. What's the solution or what are some of the solutions? I think we need to do better. Um, one of the things that we've worked on at the California Republican Party is our parent revolt. We saw the difference that it made at the local level when we had school boards that weren't fighting on behalf of teachers unions, that were fighting on behalf of students. So we launched our California Parent Revolt. And you can visit parentrevolt.com and help us to recruit candidates or be a candidate yourself. We're giving candidates the tools and resources that they need to run successful campaigns all over our state. There's almost 3,000 education-based elected officials here in California. And we have a huge opportunity all around our state. Uh, the filing opened earlier this week. We have until mid-August to get all of our candidates on the ballot uh, for this upcoming November election, where we can truly make a difference for our students. All right. Now, let's take California on. You are the California GOP chair. Uh other area, there are areas of California that are reliably red, or at least lean red in some cases. But just looking at the state over the years, the lack of expansion of the party, very many, a number of reasons for that, obviously, never just one reason. But the lack of expansion and wins for the party at the state level is reflected in the lack of expansion at the federal level with congressional races. What's being done by the California GOP to win at the state level? Yeah, so when I first ran for chair, um, it was a really dark time for California Republicans. We had just lost half of our congressional district. We lost seven seats in 2018. And we could continue down this path or we could try to show up in communities that our party had typically neglected over the years. Um, it was very exciting. In my first uh, term as chair, we actually increased Republican registration here by over 600,000 new Republicans. Um, what did that mean? That, mean that, that meant that we were able to go into these districts that were in the toss-up category or even lean Democrats. And we could talk to them about what California Democrats have offered to them. Um, what you may not know is that California was responsible for sending more new Republicans to the House of Representatives than any other state in the nation. We played in four seats. We won in all four of those seats. And in 2022, we're building upon those successes. We didn't get here overnight. We didn't expect to fix it overnight. But it's with these small victories and those incremental changes that we're going to be able to run at the statewide level. And in fact, We've got some great candidates this cycle. In addition to those four seats that we'll be protecting from the last cycle, we have five additional congressional offensive targets. And the DCCC has actually moved all of those seats into targets. So they see California as a battleground as well. But in addition to that, we have some great uh, ticket, uh, statewide ticket candidates as well. We think that we have an opportunity when it comes to the law and order side of things. And I know you're talking about that a lot on your show today. Our attorney general candidate 
is someone who is a former federal prosecutor. Um, he's worked on both sides and on the defense side as well. Um, but we have the opportunity to talk about the soft on crime policies that Democrats have put forward. And Nathan Hawkman, who is a law and order person who wants to bring that uh, strength and bring uh, the those office back to a place where we care about victims and the citizens here in California. Not to mention the controller's position. Lonnie Chen is a fantastic individual. He has four different degrees from Harvard. And that controller position is someone who is watching over the money in Sacramento. When you have over a $95 billion surplus and very little of that money is going back to California, you want to make sure that each one of those dollars is being spent in the right and legal way. And Lonnie Chen is going to be a great candidate uh, come November. In addition to that, although it's a, a nonpartisan race, our superintendent of public instruction. Um, clearly, California schools are failing our children. Lance Christensen offers a fantastic uh, juxtaposition to what we have seen um, where California Democrats just kowtow to the teachers unions. This is someone who cares about what our students are getting every day at school. And these are opportunities statewide that California Republicans have. All right. So now let's separate. Uh, look, statewide is a challenge. Uh, voting numbers, registration numbers is a big hill to climb for the Republicans. Strategically, for a long term change. And while there are, again, reliably red, to use the term, areas in California, what's really needed here to move the party into any position, if you want to look even closely back to the, the Reagan era alignment uh, when it came to elected officials in California, uh, you need to win state level seats. So where are those wins you mentioned, you know, sending four to Congress, where they are matters, because you can win a seat, but you lose and you can win four seats and five seats. But then you lose in the high density areas, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, surrounding areas, primarily Oakland, others. They can drive they can drive the votes in a statewide race. Is there a strategy to take local seats and begin to build, not over this election cycle. This is a multi-election cycle battle. Is there a strategy to actively take, go after and try to change people, the politics of attrition, and take those local seats to gain a base to move towards a congressional? Absolutely. It has to be a top-bottom, but also a bottom-up approach. We have a program at the California Republican Party that focuses on this. It's called California Trailblazers. And California Trailblazers trains and recruits candidates at every single level of government. In the last year, we have trained over a thousand candidates at the local level. And with here in California, you they're all nonpartisan races. So you're not necessarily running with that R behind your name. But it allows people to get to know you as the leader and what you represent as your values without the party affiliation necessary. So you build up that name ID and it allows you to move into other offices long term. And you talk about the statewide races and what's happening in these very dense populated areas. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had our recall in San Francisco of a very regressive, liberal, woke DA um, in, in Los Angeles. We have uh, recall petitions that, as we speak, uh, signatures are being verified to put him on recall as well. 
So even in these very liberal areas of our state, people are waking up to what soft on crime policies have done here in California, and they're getting sick and tired of it. Um, So as you mentioned, it may not be this particular election, but it's going to be a long-term plan where they're listening to us because they've seen what California Democrats have served up, and they're tired of it, and they want some change. Jessica, I understand that. And don't get me wrong, it's good. Chase Boudin gone. That was an easy one. It really was. It was an easy one because it was such a public effort and such a public failure combined along with segments of the community, especially the Asian community, uh, moving those votes in that recall. Ground level up, and I'll use Los Angeles as an example. I, I have met people who've wanted to run. It added in your point about nonpartisan elections, and if you're working to train candidates, which you are, and you're putting people in, is there an ongoing support structure uh, in a nonpartisan election, an ongoing effort to work with that person? And, and by the way, help me on this. I could be wrong. I don't believe there are any prohibitions against the party involvement or support or working with uh, donor support, boots on the ground support, because take a couple of areas in L.A., take a couple of uh, seats in Pasadena Council, start building a base there. That's going to go hopefully further than just the high profile removal of Chesa Boudin. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that's what California Trailblazers does. That's what training over a thousand candidates and continuing to get them involved in the party structure, our neighborhood team leaders. It's about building from the bottom up as well as the top down. Just for clarity, are you continuing to work with them when they're running, even as, uh, what do you call it, when you don't run under a party label? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're recruiting them, we're training them, we're helping them with resources, boots on the ground. That is absolutely one of our goals and what we continue to do. All right. Just, I just wanted clarity because I, I have been going after many state GOPs for decades now where I don't hear a strategy. I don't see a strategy. Nobody's guaranteed an outcome, but there has to be ground level up work over multiple cycles uh, to build and change seats. That builds your voting base and the ballot translation there up and down the ballot uh, gives the people of California a chance, which the people who don't have the power deserve. Uh, Jessica, thank you. I tell you what, I, I'd like to keep this going. I, 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 I want to hear, I want to dig into details. You and I can keep getting into the weeds. You know, we have the big story leads, but uh, this is boots on the ground, pragmatic approach to winning in politics. I love the weeds. My staff doesn't love me in the weeds, but I love the weeds. So happy to do that, David, anytime. All right. Or maybe in California, we can call it digging into the, I don't know, whatever. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with a clever term for it or not so clever. Uh, Jessica, thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks again. Jessica Milan Patterson, GOP chair, CAGOP.org is uh, the website. But I, look, I, I like to hear someone who's looking at this from that perspective. Join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.